Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, presented by the tech doctor, Ronan Leonard. Hi, welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast. Today I'm talking to Dan Fox from Cone Ferry, and he's talking about the fact that he's a, the founder of Dublin Tech Talks. How are you doing, Gavin? Hey, Ron, how are you? Great, thanks. Tell us a bit about what Dublin Tech Talks does and how, how it started. So, Dublin Tech Talks, we're two years going. Um, we were a, a, a tech meetup without technology as a focus. So, yeah. we like to look at um, parts around technology and not be very much a technology focused yeah. uh, meetup. We don't, we, there are AWSs, there's Java meetups, there's everything like that. So, what we focus on are the people within technology and their story. Yeah. So, we're going about two years. Um, I took over the kind of the, the running and, and the managing of the, the, the meetup after a person I knew had launched the first one and then I got going with him about two, three years ago. So it's grown hand over fist since. We're now up to two meetups every month. Yeah. Uh, we're hosted monthly in Dublin um, in the Dogpatch Labs and the second meetup is on in different different businesses around Dublin. So we like to try and get out and spread our story and... Um, get really good speakers for for the for the for the group that's going. We've about three and a half thousand people on our meetup group. Um, actively trying to grow our LinkedIn group, and uh, it's it's a good social scene, and we're getting a lot of people that are coming back month on month. So it's uh, we're doing something right. Yeah, I guess the worst thing is trying to make sure you get the numbers there because you can get hundred people sign up and then you have to turn up. Yeah, our turn up rates are about 45 percent. So we're getting about sixty to about sixty on average to the meetups, but yeah. we're getting about a hundred and between 120 to 170 saying yes so that that is the biggest frustration and i'd say if yeah. you, you you talk to anybody who runs a meetup group that isn't paid for that is the biggest frustration for anybody is the is the actual turn up rates um but we're trying to do different things trying to do surveys before an event yeah. uh, to try and get people's attention um just that you know really reach out constant messaging we don't want to be spam yeah. artists yeah. but you know it's a, it's about um making sure that the speakers have enough people to talk to and that the the, the group and the cohort there is a, is is going to be a good event for everybody. And the worst thing is if you have an event and and then it's, it sells out because you have no more space and then the night event half turn up, mm. that must be really bad as well. Yeah, no, we're, we're, we're lucky that, you know, Dogpatch Labs have a, have a great space downstairs. So um, if 50 turn up, you know, yeah. we're grand. If 100 turn up, it's, it's, it's full. Yeah. Um, but we, you know, Companies now want us to come to their businesses because they're obviously trying to promote their own business. Yeah. And you know, people in in new businesses landing, um, like say Zalando hosted us a few yeah. weeks ago or a few months ago, and you know they have a really nice business and like can be people are interested to come around and have a look at their building uh, as, as much as go to the meetup. Yeah. You know, so it's a uh, it's it's interesting. You can't force people to go to a free event, so it's a. Uh, we just try and make the speakers as, as top quality yeah. as we can and try and let the content bring people through. Yeah, which speakers have you had have been the most interesting? Ooh, interesting one. Um, they've all been very interesting. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, no, no, one no so like, um, I, I, we've had really good ones. Um, we've had the, probably the best one, and, and people have talked about since, is probably... We've done an agile one, um, and we've done a security one yeah. at the time, and people are really interested in the security um, because people are always just interested about what other people are doing. Yeah. Um, we had then a agile one, and it still sticks sticks in my uh, brain. 
uh, Coco um, from Retail Emotion spoke yeah. and she talked about how she manages her family through Agile. Yeah. Um, and probably the purist within within Agile probably didn't see it as an Agile talk, but yeah. it was very much a, you know, using Agile in a functional understanding. Yeah. And people were really interested in, in, in that. You know, there was one or two people him and hawing about. Yeah. That's not agile, but it was a very good take on um, on the use of agile. So yeah. it was it was it was an interesting one. But then on the security side, we had um, Stripe in. So we had a you know a, a good few people who were interested in how they were yeah. looked at, and um, it was more around what they did internally, you know, they were obviously pretty coy on, on, on what they were saying, but we had um, Carla uh, Burnett, she's actually, she's based in Australia, but she was over for the week. Yeah. So she came in. So it was great to have a an, an outside understanding of, of a global yeah. business and not just an Irish voice coming in and this, what they did as group. And it was, it was a really interesting talk and, and people got a lot out of it because they're obviously one of the key companies at the moment and yeah. globally. So it was, you know, there's been lots um, we've had a good the best thing of recently is a lot of people now want to speak yeah um, it's an established group so people are now asking us can they speak and um, a lot of the speakers are actually asking can they contribute post yeah. talk so we've set up a slack group uh, where we have five or six of us now that are contributing uh, to topics um, different you know different areas of yeah. what we're trying to do uh, there's three of us that are organising it, kind of nearly full, not full time, yeah. part time, full time. It's our, it, it, it's our, uh, it's, it's our extra bits on yeah. the side. So, uh, it's been great. It's 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 grown legs. Uh, it could have died quite quickly if we wanted it to, but we've kept going with it, and it's been a, it, so far so good. You know, and a busy twenty twenty plan already. Yeah, I guess because you know we tech focus as such, you're bringing it to people in layman's terms, their language, and every talk is different. So yeah. they're, they're going to they, they won't know what's coming next. Yeah, it's it's probably the the hardest part of it because if you have a if you take Python's group, yeah. Python learn, they have a core group that go to every one of them. Um, test heads as well have yeah. a core group of about sixty that will turn up, irrespective of the topic because they're they're interested. Yeah, we have like if you take the last four or five talks in twenty nineteen, we had two product, we had a. One of two about yourself and how you can grow, yeah. Um, and I can't remember the fifth one, but it was you know very diverse in what they are. So, product people aren't interested in scaling themselves or their business, and mm -hmm. um, they're interested in their product. Uh, security people might be interested in product, yeah. Um, infrastructure people, they're certainly not interested in you know certain areas, yeah. So, you, you might get the same 10 or 20 people turning up, but I've seen, and it's great to see, there's a new. 20 30 people turning up each event um which if we look at it we've had about 3000 people turn up to our yeah. talks in 2019 yeah so or 20 since we started so it's been really good on that part um and it's it's it gives you heart to keep doing it because um when I remember one event we did we had seven turn up and they were kind of going oh I think we got the topic yeah. wrong so the topic <laughs> is probably the the most important thing and we do put time into what the topic is and then we look around for interesting people who to speak at it not just the biggest company but interesting people or interesting topics or a business that's doing well and that yeah. people might want to hear about
or someone telling the story how they were a failure and then became success. Yeah, that that's that's how it comes up. Um, I think most stories start that way. Yeah. Um, even, you know, how a product gets to where it is is usually a failure or two along the way. So, yeah. um, as as you know, on a personal, I I really enjoy it because um, I learn lots. Um, so what we try and what I try and tell speakers when I meet them is a lot of people who are coming to the events are coming to be able to when they have a meeting themselves Mm -hmm. and their manager or their lead or whoever is talking to a topic I'm hoping that they think in the back of their mind going I heard something about that at a talk I was at Uh, oh I was at an agile talk and this is how this company does it or yeah and, and and that's what I hope people try and get out of it or this is what that company over there is doing and and so on and it's it's for everybody else to learn you know because yeah. I, I did one years ago I was at an event with Microsoft they ran an event at, in UCD and their talk was basically pure tech and I didn't interview someone speaking at it and every guy I was speaking to was talking in language that you usually wouldn't understand yeah. so I asked the guy in the end okay we're talking about AI machine learning will there be in our lifetime will we see Skynet I went so that yeah. everyone said that one will we'll get it then he said no this is what we will get yeah. and I brought it back to my level because I didn't want to have somebody alienated because I couldn't understand it and if you go to a talk or an event and the person's talking over your head why would you go back yeah like I don't code I left, <coughs> yeah. I left DCU after six months doing computer applications because unfortunately me and Java didn't get on yeah. and I didn't understand machine code so if I sat in a, a meet up now and somebody was there reciting how they did their functions or yeah. how they did their select statements, I really wouldn't care. Yeah. But if somebody told me how they went around building their back end or their front end, yeah. I would be interested. I'd love to hear the, you know, how it happened within the room, what worked, what didn't work. Um, if they're building a mobile app, I don't really care what technology they use behind, but I'd love to know why they picked it, why that functionality yeah. works, um, why you have your buy button in a certain position what the drop rate on their baskets are because when they moved their buy button from top right to bottom left, people couldn't find it. And they went through the market process of that. Because when I then talk to clients or when I talk to people I know and you're able to tell people that story, you know, not everybody's a mobile developer, but everybody's a mobile user. Yeah. So if you you talk through that world, people understand it more. Um, And when then you're talking to, you know, CIOs or IT leaders, that's what they think. They yeah. don't really need to understand how it gets there. They need to know what the concept is and what the business value for that is. And that's what I like to learn. I would think for the weaker moment, when you're doing something and suddenly light bulb kicks yeah. off. That's, I want to know that. I don't want to know, basically, I spent three months coding this language and whatever we were doing, it caused the bugs on certain OS and certain mobile devices. I want to know, when did you realise this is what we're doing wrong what we should be doing? Mm. And that way, you could, that story can be sold to somebody else, and they can say, I was at a meetup, and some guy told us a story, and this story is what we could do to help us yeah. fix our problem. Yeah, and like the most recent ones we've been doing, so we had, um, we had two around scaling yourself, yeah. business, and teams. And they were probably the better ones, because what people always ask around is, how do I manage myself yeah. in, a, in a business? And it's very hard to find people outside of your organization to ask because yeah. you're 40 60 hours within your business so you don't really want to be asking me how do i you know how do i talk to my manager or how yeah. do i talk to how do i get promoted yeah so what people kind of got out of that was you know we had really good speakers and they were talking about empathy talking about how you manage up 
simple questions around you know around promotion uh, John Glyke who spoke he, he was saying around um, you know he had a you know stop asking for money when you come into a meeting when you're getting promoted you know, yeah. explain your value and why you think you should get promoted yeah and people listen to that a lot more um, yeah. rather than saying hey it's review time it's time to give me some more money rather than you know I had a great year I added X amount of value to the business I've grown Y and you know I've had a really successful year what are your thoughts on it and, yeah. and you naturally get to a position where gee you had a really good year or you, you actually didn't hit any of your targets but where are we at yeah. but so, I guess you're trying to sell it and tell them that without me your business won't be doing what it is doing because I'm, yeah. I'm giving you the growth and helping you do this yeah and that's what everybody wants in modern business I think it's you know yeah. prove your value add and a developer these days doesn't just code you know they have to understand the business problem yeah. for what they're doing. And if they don't really understand the business problem, they could go and design the nicest website and it could be, you know, you're trying to sell a, a, a product and there's no buy button on it. Or you're a finance house and you yeah. really just want people to log in and have a look on how much money they have in their, in their account and you have designed this whole beautiful yeah. place and nobody can see it. You know, and you read, that's the thing we've, I've seen, and um, you know, most of the last 24 months is the, people refocusing on becoming business technologists rather than coders yeah i look at it if you're a small startup you're going to be doing more than one job in business yeah which which is what which might be great because it means you want to skill then you understand the pain another person's going through a lot easier yeah, yeah and and there's some really good stories around like i, I love seeing companies do real well yeah. like especially irish businesses that are scaling up i just read in the paper this morning intercom of they're taking an 18 year lease yeah, out on the new church, building yeah. yeah so like that's an amazing story uh, Des Trainer actually spoke at an event in, when I was with Harvey Nash uh, about 6 or 7 years ago yeah. so, and, and he was an excellent speaker and you could see you know, why people are so yeah, yeah. love listening to their stories because they have really good stories but you hear that business and you hear Stripe another Irish business fair enough in, in West Coast yeah. but and you know Pointy are doing really, really well Bright Flag there's loads of Irish businesses that are doing scaling really yeah. well but you know they've gone through their own troubles, and I love hearing those stories about how they've adapted. You know, suddenly your your CTO, your infrastructure analyst, your business analyst, and your security analyst all under one hat. And as your business grows, you have to start shedding all that. You know, part of your business, and you become a executive, say, or you become yeah. something. And and it's interesting hearing their stories because they're what people are all trying to strive to. Uh, in a lot of cases. Yeah. So it's a, those type of stories I really like. I have a client of mine who's next client now, and they had a company called Be Instant, and they check your analytics for your, all your apps. Yeah. And, I, and Amazon and everything else. And uh, I met them two years ago, I did some work for them, and then I couldn't do any more. I had too much time I couldn't do. It was too focused on other things. They got bought out last week by a big American company. It took them seven months to get the buyer, but these guys are going places. They're yeah. Vietnamese owners, but they're based in Ireland. And if it was Ireland, backed them all the way. And now we've seen a big return on investment, and it's great to see companies like that do yeah. well. Yeah, and it's it's the ecosystem in Ireland is 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 yeah. great for that. Like I'm in tech recruitment, professional services, yeah. call it what you want, for thirteen years now, and it's it's gone from a a small player to you know a really cool environment yeah. to be in. Um, Grand Canal, when I we first there, there was us and Spar. And yeah. now Grand Canal is Grand Canal. Um, yeah. It's a tech hub. Around here on Mount Street is lots of tech businesses. 
you know, it, the scene is really good. These meetups, you know, Dublin Tech Talks is one of yeah. probably five or six core meetup groups that happen monthly. Or, yeah. You know, and it's people are, are really interested in and they want to they want to learn and they want to see what else is around. Yeah. Uh, and businesses are struggling to get the right talent and you know what people are looking for when they come to these meetups. I've seen different businesses come and they're you know putting their hands up saying we're hiring. But they want people to come to these things. They want people to have a thirst for knowledge outside their core competencies. Yeah. And and it's good like that. Because I've got a friend of mine who, who works in tech support and he goes all the time to all different meetups, Python, a whole lot of it. So he's getting more knowledge. So whenever he's looking for a new job, he yeah. can say, I spend my, what do you do for, uh, when you're not working? Well, I go to all these different meetups and I learn about what's going on in Python and different things. So I know what's coming down the line. You better be coming to Dublin Tech Talks. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll get him to come to that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it is a, I, I, I've seen it in, when, when, when you're talking to people who are interviewing, they do get asked, yeah. what else do you do outside work? You know they don't want us to hear you that you're just coding all the time. You yeah. know they want you to have a, as I said earlier, a, a business acumen to to why things happen in the world. Yeah. Um, and 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 gone are the days where you can just plug in and code, as yeah. I said, or plug in and ignore people. You have to understand what, what what goals are for the business and yeah. what other companies, and really come back and give that value add back into your business. Yeah, especially I mean, in grow up companies. Yeah, a few years ago, I used to be a mentor for Code Dojo for a while, Trinity mm. Science Academy. And if someone does that on their CV, I'm more impressed because they're willing to give their time to, yeah. to help young people. Because in the future, is the young people going into work. And if you can get someone at, at age 10 and tell them how good tech is, so when they're 18, 19, they know where they want to be, and you've been a mentor along the way, that's, great. Yeah. that's what I like as well. Yeah, and I love, I'm big respect for Carter yeah. and Joe. I love, I love what they're doing, especially with two young kids coming through. They're going to be uh, going up to DCU very soon yeah. and, and sitting there learning that side because I'm, I'm a fan of tech. Yeah. Yes, I'd say kids might spend a bit too much time on devices and we spend too much time on devices, but if they understand them growing up and not just seeing them as a, a play toy, yeah. I'd, I'd be a lot happier. Um, and, you know, I, everybody will need to have a good understanding by the time, you know, by the time you leave secondary school, if you don't yeah. really understand. I'm a big fan of, you hear all this coding into secondary school big fan of that uh, get yeah. them in when I, I left, think second language should be not French or Spanish should be coding as yeah, well yeah because I, I left I left school left school picked computer applications in DCU um, 300 and odd people yeah. in the course and I think 60 people graduated and I remember sitting there going I'll definitely graduate this started doing computer architecture and was like I don't understand this yeah. uh, coding I kind of got to but again, <coughs> yeah. I was behind the curve because other people had already started. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, it, is a, it is a need now at this stage, I, personally, to, to bring it into a, either outside of your curriculum or, or to get understanding at a school level. Yeah, years ago when I was 10, I was living in Egypt, and we just bought a computer, VIC-20, which is very old and 8K memory. We got it in Pete's. And when we were there, there was a few Irish guys who we, for ESB who worked with the different government on fair pilot. And one of the guys was a programmer. Mm. And he worked in HP, in a big HP server. And once every two weeks, come over for an hour and teach me yeah. how to program basic. And I thought, I'm getting this great for free. And in return, I'm trying to have a barbecue and afterwards. And I'm thinking, wouldn't it be great? Kodojo was around then. It yeah. is now. But back in those days, I would think that I was lucky to have a computer yeah. and have someone teach me. And I never came to the world to get this program where I can build a website and that's about it, but I can't do anything. Yeah. I'm more front end than back end. Yeah. But I'm looking back now, I'm thinking, I got this, this start in life and it's good to see, I was lucky because my parents had a, had a good paying job, we could afford a computer. 
Yeah. A backpacker Peter was something that it was equivalent of, of buying a basically a three, four grand TV nowadays. Yeah. So I'm looking to have that. Yeah. And now looking back at these code dojo, what they're doing now, they're giving the kids a start in life. Yeah, it's great. I, I remember doing, uh, in, in my school, doing a BBC, we had a BBC computer and yeah. we had a computer club at, at lunch. And uh, I remember creating Snake, you know, that type of, you know, you brought the bit around there. Yeah. I was amazed. Um, but yeah, no, it's, yeah, give, give me an MS Access database. I'll, I'll try and build one of them yeah. rather than a, a, a develop a website. Yeah, because I was in school in the UK. We used to have Spectrums as, com- as, as computer. And I was sitting there in class one day and I said to the lecture, I'm getting bored. Because I said, why? Well, because the computer you got is 48K. So I've got a own computer with one megabyte of memory, Tori SD, <laughs> and it's got also MIDI ports. I'm sitting there with a little shitty thing, and it's got a this tiny microdesk keyboard and a yeah. drive. You can, you can load up stuff from this. This is boring. And it takes long to load up from from a tape. I'm using floppy disk, loads up in seconds. And he's looking at me like I've got two heads. What are we really talking about? Yeah, they'll go off disk drives, they'll floppy disks. Yeah, That's and that was back in '86, and we three and a half floppy disk we, 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 I was using. It was great. And looking back now, I got this start in life. And even though I'm not a programmer, I'm still involved with tech. I love tech. Yeah. And I managed to find a way to, to stay, stay in tech in some way around yeah. Write about it. Yeah. I, I, I remember as well, like when you were a kid, the, my dad had a computer at home. And like just even Excel was like, oh my God, like this is an amazing. Yeah. The printer with the big the, the bits on the side and you'd print off your, your paper. I was, you know, yeah, if, you said that, if you said that to a kid now, and, you know, I'm sitting here, we're sitting here with our laptops. Yeah. You know, I... Counter desktops even on in, in businesses yeah. now have come obsolete. They, yeah, they have a central. They have a central drive. Yeah, and some of our eighty four was in Egypt for for summer. And my dad said, "Come in for a week in the office and play about one of our computers." It was called the K Pro, and it was kind of a bit like a built-in monitor and everything else and keyboard. Mm. It, was, it was a portable laptop, but it's it, it kind of a bit like a, a, a toolkit. You have to open it out mm. and you close it. But now I was spending a week playing with that, and I didn't know anything about DOS, so I finally learned how to run this. Finally figured how to play a Star Trek game on it. I was in my enemy <laughs> element. And then when it came on, I said, that is great, and I did it. But I said, I don't know much because it's DOS based. And then when I went to college and learned about DOS, I became professional. I had to use DOS and how to do batch programming. I thought, oh, that was oh, great. You were away then. I was away then, but years later, the program that I have to do now, I can't do because it's not what I was used to doing. I'm used to doing COBOL. Yeah. And if, if you're still doing COBOL now, you're going to get paid a fortune because all the banks use it as a backend. You'll never go unemployed without COBOL. Yeah. yeah it's... I'm thinking, if only it stuck with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was actually only having a conversation with somebody and they were saying there was, they know one person who's a young guy mm-hmm. who, who, who left college purposely with a legacy system. Yeah. Because every financial system in the world will always run on a, on a legacy system, be yeah. it COBOL or whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, it's funny. It's like, there's, but it, there's great tools around now. So it's, it, it's around that thirst for knowledge. Yeah. So like I, you know, Udemy is a super tool or any of the learning trees or anything like that. You know, the, if, if you're arsed to go and take your own time yeah. or if a business allows you an hour of innovation or two hours of innovation, businesses talk about their innovation ability. You know, I always ask them, how long do you give people for innovation? And they look at you and go, they're innovating all the time. Yeah. Give, give people time to go and learn or do something different. And, but you know, if you're able to spend an hour or two, give yourself a course to do. Um, it's it's brilliant. Yeah. Um, I've just done a, you know, course. It was in the IMI, but it was the best. It was a six month leadership course, and it was yeah. brilliant because you're. You know, I left college a couple of weeks at this stage, and uh, you know, you nearly forget to learn. Yeah. 
and, it, and once you start learning again you're kind of going okay what else can I do so like I'm already looking at you know my next course yeah. um, or you know what else can I do online or something like that so I think that's why meetups are so popular because yeah. people are it's a it's an easy way to learn yeah and also because you you in your time no work's time and also you get network and you make new contacts as well yeah no it is you know that's probably not probably it is why we started um you know it's a it's an easy reach out to leaders within businesses and if you're trying to generate new business that's a it's a, it's a great way and uh, now it's more I, I kind of have a feel a feeling inside that if i wasn't to do you know you're nearly letting down the people that turn up regularly yeah. if you're if you're not doing it so the the my, my desire at the start was to use it as a a, a new business generation yeah. tool now it's a i want to have the best speakers that i can find to speak to the group that are now turning up regularly yeah um and and that's you know the biggest shift in why you do it to, yeah. to now and, and that's probably a maturity thing personally but also group wise where you don't have three four hundred people within your meetup group there's three and a half thousand members yeah uh, as i said we're, we're growing our linkedin page we're hoping to get to like we're at 750 trying to get to a thousand um little things like that that make the meetup group feel more of a, a functioning business at that stage and like we have we're, we've grown to two a month we're going to be doing potentially one every two months in sandyford area uh, because people, you know, it's very difficult for people to come from Sandyford into town. So yeah. if we went to them, and and so on, like tech business just doesn't happen in Dublin two and one. No, you know, or four. You know, <laughs> there's yeah. there's a lot of centres around and there's a lot of places to go. So it's it's not Dublin centre talks. It's you know Dublin tech talks. So we'll try and push it around, and we're 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 trying to think of new ideas and different things to keep people interested and. And do it that way. Yeah, and I guess also you're trying to make sure that when they come along, all the time every speaker gets interested and the guy will story to tell because you don't want to go along to a meeting and find out, oh, last month you had somebody who was a great speaker, this month this guy's yeah. boring, this person's boring. Yeah, and, and that's the biggest challenge because yeah. what I find interesting, might you might find yeah. interesting. And, and, and the good thing about our Slack group is there's, as I said, five or six of us on that now. Uh, and also other speakers that used to speak are, are, are saying, here, have you thought about this? Yeah. Um, so like different topics we're doing this year it's going to be uh, analytics cloud infrastructure um, <laughs> DNI we're going to focus on we're going to focus actually on mental health within yeah. technology um, pretty important <laughs> yeah. for everybody at the moment not just in tech but outside tech so that's going to be a, a, a great event and we're doing other bits and pieces so it's, as I said it's never going to be a singular topic it, it is about technology and the, the ecosystem yeah. around it rather than a specific and thing. also because each topic is different you, you're not going to get the same people at every, every event yeah which is good for you guys and it's not going to be the same people turn up you're going to get different people there and they'll come <coughs> if you're doing talk on end top on security you get security heads there yeah and a few others and that's about it and that, that's great because you know you're not going to have the same person there each time and they're going to get, get bored because I, did, I don't like this they're going to go for ones they want to want to go yeah. to we're doing that, yeah. So like for that, we we we've done two security ones. We've had people where we're we're being hosted by Informatica in February. Yeah. Um. And again, that's going to be there's a security base to that as well. So, you know, everybody's different. Some people might see a topic and go, "That's amazing. I'm not missing that." Or oh, I could I could leave that one. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the the good kind of USP for what we're trying to do. 
um, it, it it's nearly like a month, like if you take it as a, a summit nearly yeah. over the year, it's different rooms within a summit people might want to go and see. Yeah. Um, and, and we're looking at kind of try and diverse what we do, you know, mental health, big fan of people being aware of it and not, not talking about it. Um, women in technology, yeah. diversity in, in, in business, not just in technology. Um, and, and they're topics that maybe five years ago people didn't talk about or two years ago people didn't want to talk about. We're a different place to where we were then. Yeah. And, and you know, if we don't talk about certain faux pas or things people might find difficult or topics that might people might feel that they've been over-talked, you know, I'd never think that. Yeah. I'll always say, you know, when it's fixed and everybody's living in utopia, yeah. then you stop talking about it. I don't think that will happen in Ireland for a no. long time. So, you know, it, you know, I worked previously, like simple things like with the Stamp 3 organization when I was um, about three years ago and we were working with the, I was working with them around trying to get them moved on to a 1G visa yeah. um, where there was nearly 8,000 people who couldn't be employed because the visa situation and now that's completely reversed and we're able to yeah. people within stamp trees are able to get one g's and i was reading during the week um about the, the complete nearly complete change where chefs and um anybody who's in that kind of gray area of where their visas are the, the government are opening that up because yeah. it's such full employment uh, and again i don't think if people didn't talk about that it's another classic irish thing where we won't it's not a problem until yeah. people talk about it um, and then it's not about stop talking about it because I know the Stamp 3 I'm not involved anymore but they still are petitioning about different areas yeah, I was up there when they talked last year they did, uh, in CHQ building yeah and uh, one of the people who was, who was speaking about it and one of the organisers is somebody who's got a, a degree a master's degree in computer science and very very smart person but she can't get work, but her husband can. And I, and I she was Egyptian, and I felt, why not? you got the skills. Yeah. I, I, I felt a bit embarrassed yeah. at that because probably in my own job at the time, I would have said, well, it takes 12 to 18 weeks for you to get your yeah. visa, and the company just won't wait. So I was in a lose situation there. But then I kind of went, what kind of country are we living in that you know we can't accommodate these, these people and, and, and that lady she was quite upset as well about yeah. that because they'd come over for, to Ireland to get their job and to, yeah. to live a new life they had kids they had family and the depression element of that was something I hadn't thought about because she was it, it's not just women it was also men's spouses and it was just very much we're kind of worthless yeah. here I'm a PhD graduate or I'm a master's graduate or whatever I'm a, a person and I've been told, unfortunately, because of your stamp, you can't get the job. Um, and that, that comes to a bit more political stuff around direct provisions at the moment and different yeah. things like that. You know, as, as a country, I think we've stopped pretending these things don't happen and we have decided, wait there, these, you know, we need to be more open-minded. And that comes yeah. back around to you, you know, your mindfulness, your, your, your EI part of what you're doing, your, your you know questioning your own ethics and what you know what what should be done even in a business now yeah. what's right and what's not right because i'm thinking of somebody who's been working 40 years and certainly they have to change to to modern world yeah and how do you go about telling somebody for 40 years we've done this in 40 years they would have been able to go and yeah. make sexist, sexist jokes in the, in the in the office and do things yeah. and now and again they go to secretary and smack her in the bum says thanks for a very good job many they won't be in the job too long. No, it's not like a current movie. You could, things that like James could do, he couldn't do now. Yeah. So you have to educate them and show them basically this is the modern world. You want to 
continue working in it. You got to do this. You got to do that. Yeah, and I, and again, it comes to the maturity level of, you know, people coming through the organization. Whether we're going to have four generations in the workplace yeah. next uh, in the next two or three years, you know, what's acceptable to somebody of an of older to what somebody coming into the, into work yeah. now, you know, I do. I see it. You know the snowflakes gen z's or whatever they might get their criticisms yeah. but they do understand you know what is right and what isn't right yeah. to, to probably more where you know the, the the locker room banter as some people would call it you know yeah. it's some of the stuff can be a bit extreme and, and, and when you hear it and you go oh there's that now you know yeah. you, you hear stories and you go did nobody put their hand up and it's you know well it's just acceptable you know and it's it's more of a you know your own ethical yeah, mindset of when it's on WhatsApp or, or you got a group or, or, or Slack yeah. and you're sharing stuff on there and because you're not saying it out loud I'm thinking well, hold on a second if you're in a WhatsApp group with your work colleagues that's me still work time yeah I've I know one or two people that got into trouble around work WhatsApp groups yeah. and were, were no longer in their organisation yeah. due to that um, all communication is, is communication yeah. if, if it's in a formal matter uh, even informally you can be I've, I've heard of people you know it's it's it, it is a difficult time out there I wouldn't want to be anybody within a, a senior HR position yeah. uh, managing WhatsApp groups managing Slack groups you know yeah all that stuff is it, it's very difficult and it's you know, especially now with screenshots and you can screenshot I've seen people, companies I've had that they said, no, no, we're, we don't do anything wrong. Sydney Eckham screenshot of so-and-so saying this and that, yeah. and they're thinking, and that person still got a job. Yeah, well, you look at the FAI at the moment, yeah. you know, everything was great until somebody looked. Yeah. Um, and I, not saying every organisation, or any organisation is like, but, you know, it's with anything, until, until somebody asks the question, you know, yeah. is this right? Yeah. And, and it takes a strong person to do that within a, an organisation. Uh, but I, I do think Ireland, you know, the bullshit element of what we allow yeah. is kind of gone to a point. You know, it's it's more of a people are coming to work to do a job. People want to be successful. Yeah. People want to work in an organization they're proud for, proud of. Uh, companies spend a lot of money on their employee employees, but also their own company values yeah. and their company, how they're seen. So, you know, people now are more proud to talk about who they work for. Yeah. Um, they want to work for organisations that are seen at a, a, a strong level. There's the, you know, your footprint on the environment, how important that is to people. All that stuff is really important to companies that are searching for these staff that, you know, we, we're, you know was about five or 6,000 un, unplaced jobs in Ireland this yeah. year. So, you know, people will move for the right reasons. Money will be a reason, of course, but it's usually if you ask people why they're moving, it's, you know they're not getting on with their business because there's things in there they're not happy with the the business itself they're not happy with and and so on yeah. and there's enough businesses at the moment saying hey we're, we're different to be able to yeah i've seen a few bad guys with jobs and the, and the, the current job they've been they're we're not getting much chance of growth and whenever we bring up a new idea the boss doesn't want to listen to it because he's mm. setting his ways and he said not about the money, it's about the fact that I want to be heard and I want, I want a chance of, of yeah. uh, getting promotion in the long term and I'm not going to get that, so I'm going yeah. to move. Yeah, just the recognition. Yeah. Um, you know, we had Work Human speak a few times over the last few meetups and, you know, their employee recognition, I was looking at the next, um, the, the CEO was going to be, he's, you know, people to watch and all yeah. that, like it's a super business. 
Um, but that's all about employee recognition. And employee recognition is probably the hardest thing to do for larger organizations, even smaller organizations. Yeah. But the, you know, for somebody even just to tap you on the shoulder and say you're doing a good job, it doesn't take much, but no. everybody's so busy that you know it's it can be difficult and that's all people want sometimes you know the people you're putting in 40 to 60 hours a week in your job um you know always on mentality you yeah. know that's who we are these days you know you're you know i had to put my phone in to get fixed today and i'm like oh where's my phone you know people are always yeah. there to be to be talked to and all you want sometimes is just to tap on the shoulder and say you know you're doing a good job or even how are you getting on yeah is there anything i can help you with the worst thing is when when you get that you know, at your yearly review, and I think every year, every every so often during the year, you should be told how is it going in the project. When you have a group meeting, or, or, or you're on a certain team, you should be you should tell them, oh by the way, John this month thought it was a great idea, and oh, what do you think? And said if they're we think it's brilliant, well done, mm-hmm. John. And they get they give them a bit of a lift, a lift, because you're working in a job and you're getting depressed because no one's actually taking interest in what you're doing, and no one's giving yeah. you to say thank you for being there. Yeah, like. It's probably the biggest frustration for most people is, you know, not being told you're doing a good job, yeah. not the thanks. Thank you. You know, it's, you know how great it feels when somebody says, Geez, you, that was really good, thanks. Yeah. You know, just in your normal life. So if, if, if you're not doing that in a work context, you know, I've managed teams and, you know, I probably didn't do it enough looking yeah. back. Um, and they probably listen to this and go, yeah, you're right. But, you know, looking back, there was times where I was really busy and you're stuck into a screen yeah. or you're stuck in doing something and, People are crying out for just a, you know, how can I help you today? Yeah. You know, how was your, how was your weekend? You know, people ask that all the time, but you know, do you listen? Yeah. Um, you know, can you recount this, rec- the story somebody told you that about their weekend? Probably not because you went, oh yeah, just paying an ear service. Yeah. Um, and that, that's what people now, because it's so busy and why, again, why meetups are becoming so popular, it's coming offline. You're, you're, you're getting to talk to people face to face. Um, I love when people say let's meet up for a coffee rather than let's do a conference call. Yeah. You know, like that's what I enjoy. I love talking to people. I love seeing people and seeing how they're getting on. Yeah. The meetups is, you know, one of the reasons I, I we're still involved in that is very much bringing that community element together and allowing people meet up and you know, there's a lot of people that are now in Ireland that aren't originated from Ireland and yeah. might be finding it difficult to get to know people. Um and I know a few people who come to the meetups are this is what they they go to three or four meetups a week. Because they they go home and they sit in their one bed apartment or they you know yeah. they don't have anywhere else to go as friends wise and they're building up that pool of friends and it's a really nice way of doing it because they're all like minded people. It reminds me of people who who are in with the visas when you got a spouse who can't work. Yeah. Where who who, they, who can they go and meet and and how can they make sure that knowledge they have is kept up to date? Yeah, and and I'm not saying we're. You know, the, the shining lights coming through. There's yeah. lots of us doing meetups and different things, but if, if, if it allows somebody to come up and learn or it allows somebody to come in and um, talk to somebody and they might, you know, they might come from an office. You don't know what happens yeah. when people go home. They might just be like, great, I get to go and meet somebody and chat to people for two hours. It's free. You know, I'm not yeah. making as much money as I thought I would. <coughs> Rents are high. Great, I get to two hours and I get you know, a beer, pizza, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. like it, 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 great. I'd, I'd be more than happy to be saying I'm involved in that. Um, but it's, you know, I'm very conscious of that, that that is certain people's yeah. again, And I guess at times, if you get somebody who's at an event and they, they say, and they say, they're offered a chance to speak at an event, and that will make them change how they yeah. view things. And when they're speaking at events, they feel more positive about what they're doing. Yeah. 
I've, uh, to be fair, I've I've spoken a couple of things over the last year, and it's it was one of my goals yeah. in twenty nineteen was to talk more and you know do stuff like that. It does give you a lot more confidence about what you're trying to do yourself. Yeah. Um. So, <laughs> I will say to anybody, whoever's listening, if they do want to speak, you know, put your hand up. But you, you know, it's a great environment to learn. Yeah. Um. Say that I've never done a presentation on my own. Um. But you know, it's very much. That you know, if you want to improve yourself, it's a great way of doing it. And even seasoned people that do it week in, week out, they still yeah. struggle a lot of the times so with confidence. And the only way to get over that is to to stand up and do it. Yeah, I'm thinking of John Collins, the guy who came in and took over the media aspect of, of Intercom. Yeah. When he came in, they didn't know what he wanted to do. And he's now got one of the best tech blogs anywhere. And uh, what he used to do is afterwards, he said, look, to all the guys in the company, all of you have got a story. Tell me what your story is, and I'll be shaping it into something that will be under your name. Yeah. And there was one guy who had who was uh, doing something, and he had three months trying to solve a problem. Finally solved it. And John was walking by one morning and asked him, how's it going? He says, why are you so happy? you got a great smile. Oh, yeah, it's probably three months. I couldn't solve it. it was, that's the story. Write that story. And the moment that got published, there was guys emailing, telling him, thanks for that. You solved yeah. the problem that we had. And he said, everyone in the, in the company had this one story in plus or two to, to tell. Yeah. And I want to be, have you guys telling us. And when they did it, they all felt focused and happy that they were valued. Yeah, no, it's, you know, it's, it, everybody has problems. Yeah, oh, I know. <laughs> you know, nobody's perfect, especially in the work environment uh, where you might be able to, you could be a manager of a group and you're struggling to manage. Yeah. Who are you going to ask? You know, are you going to ask your, you know, it's very difficult. We all want to say that we're going to ask somebody above us yeah. or, or along the same line. But if there's an external channel, or you can read it, or you can go to it, and suddenly you pick up one thing, and that changes your whole mindset about yeah. things. Brilliant. You know, I'm not talking about us, but in general, it is yeah. so difficult. We're programmed to try and figure it out ourselves, because we're told, you know, come to me with the solution. Yeah. You know, sometimes you do just have to put your hand up and go, here, I'm struggling. I don't know what I'm doing here. And that's difficult to say uh, to a lot of people who maybe moved into a new job six months down yeah. the line. They might not have got the right training. They might have missed, you know, what they're, what, what they're trying before. to do. You yeah. Know? And if they can have an outlet that's outside their circle of trust or their circle of friends or their cohort of yeah. work, and they come back with a solution or they have a place where they can ask a question and learn off a blog like yeah. an Instagram, brilliant. You know, it's, we do have multi-channels of, of learning and, you know, people nearly forget that when they're in a, you know, they're freaking out because they're stressing about a problem they can't yeah. solve. Somebody's probably solved that problem elsewhere. Yeah. Go find it. <laughs> and the thing for me is that with Intercom, they've done it such a way that that's going to get shared on, on yeah. social media big time. And then that, in the turn, if only we, if for every 10 person music, we get one client, we're happy. Hmm. Fact is, we're not, we're not in it for, for the glory of the money. We're in it to try and help businesses improve. They give away everything, don't yeah. they? Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're, they're very good guys. Same with Stripe. Stripe is very, very yeah. good at that as well because Stripe do a lot of uh, meetup events and different yeah. things and they give so much time and effort to that and I admire what they're doing. Yeah. No, they're the ones who do that but they, they do it so well. Yeah, no, it's <coughs> the give back, is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the, nah, yeah. I love trying to solve people's problems Yeah. and, and uh, that's what I still enjoy. So, be it here with yeah. my own job tech talks outside whatever you know it, it, you do get an enjoyment of hearing somebody's problems and trying to fix them and, yeah. and you know 
if you're able to do that in a public forum, like a, a large tech business or in a kind of more private yeah. function or whatever, you know, people, most people are very kind and give time out, you know, and the coder dojos, yeah. the meetups, the, you know, helping out in, in, in charities, different things like that. You know, most people do, will give time for that. I think you just have to ask and yeah. I think that's what we're nearly afraid of in the modern world of all being seen do, vulnerable. Yeah. All you can do is say no. You ask them, that all you do is say no, nothing much else. And the person says more than no and gives you a consented answer saying, well, if you watch me do this, yeah. that's something you know not to do with in the future. You yeah. stay clear of them. Yeah, and that's how you, you learn as yeah. well. You know, I'm still learning a lot, you know, and it's how you're communicating and, that, you know, when to, when to pop your head up and went to stay quiet you know little yeah. things like that <laughs> you know that's been you know there's learnings there all the time about you know people don't want to know if they don't ask yeah because at times I, I can be perhaps used to be very vocal about things and then realised no because at times I'd say the most inappropriate thing I've done it before I'm not doing it again so yeah. the count of five in your head yeah I'm thinking <laughs> okay how do we phrase it it doesn't sound as, well, as bad as it does yeah no that was the, the one thing I remember uh, Sonia said to me in Harvard National, count to five maybe before you say something. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's no, a good I, way of doing it. You know? I go to ten. Yeah. Because I, I want to make sure that uh, first five, then after the next five, I'm thinking, how do we, how do we rephrase it? Yeah, I still get, I have a one minute delay on my emails just in case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I can jump into my outbox and go, I don't need to send that. Yeah. Oh, you look at how I haven't got that. Yeah. When I get an email, I don't respond right away. I look at it and I think, okay, I'll wait a while. Yeah, no, yeah it's, I, forget, I forget it's not on my phone, so sometimes I'll send it. Go, oh no, yeah, uh, but yeah, no, it's yeah, you, you, you know, you do learn, and, and I think that's the key of what we're trying to do and what everybody tries to do is the learning side of it. And yeah, yeah, we can't force, as you say, can't force people to learn, but you know, if we no. give it, if we give platforms of of, of opportunities, um, yeah. it, it's probably the best thing we can do. And I always think it's always going to be good karma because whenever you give somebody a good turn they'll come back to you because I've, I've seen people have uh, had a problem I said I can't solve it but I know who can Yeah. and I go this person can do it for you and I know that in the long term I'll get karma in return and it could be a year's time and it's like oh by, thanks for that yeah. by the way this is for your this is, I've got somebody you can, you can talk in your podcast or sometime thanks so much for that this is for you you've done, a, you've done both yeah. well for us so it's great yeah no it's um, <coughs> yeah no I, I, I'd say most people are yeah uh, Probably the biggest evolution in the last 10 years I've seen is that more openness of people yeah. aren't afraid, thinking that you're going to come in and eat my dinner. Yeah. You know, it's more, yeah, this person would be great for your business or this person, you should speak to that person. Yeah. Uh, I think that's just the maturity of, as I said earlier, about who we are as, a, as, as people, you know, it's a, you know, even in any business, if, if somebody can pick up the phone and rob your client, you're, yeah. you're not doing the right job anyway. So yeah. if you can't um, connect two people that might benefit out of it, there's a problem. And also at times, you, you hear stories about a person and, and basically the, the person is a bastard or an asshole and then reality, they've changed. Like I was at a talk a couple years ago and Margaret Bergdorf, who's piping into, I used to work in Apple and she was saying that one day when she was there, uh, one, of her, one of her team was, uh, had just uh, got a print told of her cancer. Yeah. And, uh, she said, oh, this, this, is, this is not good. I don't know how I'm going to cope with this. So she was talking one day to Steve Jobs. We talked about this. I said, Steve, one of, my, one of my guys on my team has got, has got cancer. Now, there's nothing serious. They can get it treated and everything else. But 
he's living here on his own. He's no no f- uh, family support. Mm. So next thing he, he gets a phone call from Steve Jobs and Steve chats him and he goes off and goes, Margaret, maybe you guys around me, Steve. And he offered for my family to come out to America and you can pay for them to stay in a hotel yeah. while I get my treatment for the next so, so often. So I'll have someone there to support. And that's side people you don't really hear. Yeah. When yeah. I'm hearing that I'm going, This is not Steve Jobs we know we, we know of. Yeah. And you get other guys again to in Ireland who in texting who we've heard some you don't deal with in reality they're pussycats because they've grown and left their mistakes and yeah. what they were when they were 18 they were foolish but when they were when they were uh, 30 or 40 they're, they're not as foolish as they used to be yeah I, I wouldn't I, oh yeah I, I wouldn't say everybody was a you know I say if everybody looks back at their 18 year old self to where they are now they'd yeah. be the, you know a bit ooh you know. I know yeah I know it's yeah. the thing I did at that time I was thinking I can't believe I did that yeah yeah, yeah. some things you'd be going jeez was that me? You know, yeah. And, yeah. As I said earlier, people as 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 a as a group of people, you know, I've I've seen massive changes in everybody and within my yeah. world. You know, people grow up. They you know, they get married. They'll move on. They'll get better jobs. They'll do whatever. You know, if you, I, I think if you're the same person you are when you're eighteen, there's a problem. Yeah, especially if you're married with kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we we all try and get away from being eighteen again, but yeah. yeah. You, know, you 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 might have some tendencies of your yeah. youth, but most times you just want to, you know. And the worst thing is you got a family, kids, and probably you got a lot of work people below you who who you're managing. Yeah. And if you're an eighteen year old, you can't do what you did when you were eighteen. No. Manage them. Well, I actually found the last few years, you know, people, a lot of organisations, the social element is still there, but yeah. they try and incorporate it as much as they can into a work-life balance yeah. and I think that's probably the, the biggest change I've seen in a lot of the you know yes they'll go out there'll be drinks or there'll be after yeah. work stuff but they'll try and incorporate and maybe finish a tree um, finish a tree so you can go at five if yeah. you have family uh, or you have to go somewhere for six you know it's not always at five yeah you know you can come for an hour and then disappear but you know it's or you can leave if you have to go yeah. home early um Social element is still there, you know. People are still, you know, that's great. But yeah. there's also social element. You'll finish at twelve, go doing a, a, a an activity. Um, it is trying to be more inclusive of of people, yeah. and it's not all bar focused. It's you know, let's go and do adventure rooms. Let's go do something like that first, and you know, it, go for some food yeah. rather than just go to a bar. Like, and, and that's you know, I've never seen. I was only commenting on on the bus in with my wife one day. It was like I've never so many coffee shops now. Yeah. I remember growing up, everybody was like, you know, what we have to go to the pub because that's all there is. Yeah. And now you know, there's more coffee shops, there's more chains of coffee shops and individual coffee shops that I've ever seen in my life, uh, which is great because they're full. Because not everybody wants to go to a blizzard yeah. and, and and sit there for the evening. And the worst thing is, in a, a night out for that Christmas time, when you go somewhere, and there's always a free bar. A free bar is the one thing where you're going to have problems because you're going to then see. At times, it's been used to see which staff. Can you actually rely on because when they have a drink in them, how will they act? Yeah, yeah. And I've seen that, and I've seen people where they said to me, Well, our works do, we go for dinner, we have wine with the meal, and that's it. And after that, they can't get you drunk in the wine, then, then they, whatever you do for that on their own time, I don't care. I, about. I like both options, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, yeah. And, and businesses have to be more aware now, though, as well, uh, yeah. because they can't have, you know, they have to have a start, they have to have a finish, they have to be, you know, 
employees are employees you know we bring you out we have to bring you home type yeah. thing um, you know we start at 8 and we finish at 10 you heard of the guy years ago at Chris's work still and uh, one of his colleagues punched the boss's wife that's he, never going to turn out well no but he was so drunk but the thing is boss's wife was a bit obnoxious but, but he said she probably deserved it but he shouldn't have done it <laughs> yeah. and the thing about it is it, it's because that's why he's advocating never have a free bar <laughs> yeah no but they, you know now it's a start and end yeah. there's a you know, protocols about when at 10 we finish and there's taxis it's up to you if, you if you do not take the taxi it's your fault like you don't have to look too far you have to look yeah. at Richard Cohen in Bolton yeah. um, or Derby sorry Yeah. he didn't go home at the curfew and lost his job he yeah. wasn't driving yeah, but, but he still it, lost his but job. But the captain should know better, and that's so, one thing. When you're when you're some leadership, and you're not doing yeah. what, what should be expected of you. Yeah, thought it was a harsh call, yeah. but he was put himself in the in in line because he stayed afterwards. Everybody else, there was taxis home. Yeah. There was everybody to go home. He knew what he was doing, getting in the car with people who had uh, some drink in them, and it was his fault. Yeah, you know, it's it's you know fair enough. Football's a different environment, but. What's the value to his company that he can't play now? You know, there's zero. So yes, I felt sorry for him for getting fired, but it it it's it's unfortunately that you know if you take that as a micro case, you know it's his fault. Yeah, and, I'm and that's I'm glad he got fired because he it'll teach him a lesson. Yeah, that he won't do it again. But he, he learned. He basically when he's that age in his thirties, he's captain of the team. He should know better. Yeah, I'm like you're you're nineteen twenty. Yeah, like think of Gaza years ago. What Gaza used to do. And that that still, would have been laughed off probably. Yeah, and what he's still what he's doing now, you're looking at and you're thinking, it's sorry to see the things you're doing now. And I'm thinking, twenty years ago when he was doing that, people weren't didn't care. Yeah. And now they're kind of caring because it was too late. He should have cared earlier on in the career because you knew basically if he did it then and he kept doing it, he knew there was going to come a time when he, he needed intervention. He wasn't getting. But it's yeah, not as I said, not everybody's the same on that side. No. Everybody's had their. You know, including myself, I've probably said, "Oh, that was shouldn't have done that." Yeah. But you know, I I think in a work context, people now are just more aware of it. Yeah. Um, and and organizations do put on start finish events, and uh, they'll try and keep it away from you know all out go to a bar. There'll be a few things on, and it's you know try to be that inclusive. Not everybody is is you know a alcohol drinker. Yeah. Um, they might prefer to go for food rather than go to a bar like, and that's probably like you, you look at organisations and you know why it is so important to have that diversity within your group yeah. because you know if everybody was the same it's boring firstly but you're, you're doing the same things all the time so you know people talk about diversity and inclusion yeah. but if you, if, you, if you really want to look at it as a, a scope and, and that side and you know the diversity within your teams do make you a higher performing yeah. team because you you're all thinking differently so and take it as a social aspect as well not everybody wants to do what everybody else wants to do yeah, i remember years ago man you and fergie joined it was a drink it was a drinking club mm. and for years they'd go out drinking and he'd be like after training pomegranate would go up brian robson they'd get tucky rat arsed and at one point in the early 90s uh Fergus was in training one morning early and they came with Ryan Giggs and they, he asked Ryan Giggs, uh, how was he doing? He says, where were you last night? I was at home, boss. He says, yeah, if I'm at two in the morning, you were in the nightclub. He despised all around town. He said, if I catch you doing that again. And, he, and that was it. And since that, Ryan Giggs didn't do that again. Yeah. But he did other things which later on we found isn't, isn't as, yeah. just as bad. But the fact is, Fergus, I can't do that. And he 
turn it around. And there's a lot of things. If you can turn the culture around a business, because some business you go to might have a reputation of being drinkers or mm. or uh, or other things, and it might have a reputation for being sexist and everything. And you got to change yeah. the reputation around. Well, culture is a whole different yeah. thing. You know, cu- culture is an acceptance in a lot of organisations where that's how things were done. Yeah. And you, you, we've had lots of talks around, you know, that, in, in essence. If, if that's your culture and that's your mentality, you're not going to go too far. Yeah. You know, if, if, if you're not, if you, you know, we had the one, or, you know, scaling yourself businesses and stuff and it was around your mindset and I'm yeah. a big fan of, of all that. You know, it's open mindset around change or not even just listening to something different. But your culture is key to what who you are yeah. and, and that stems primarily from your leaders within your business and if, if, if your leaders aren't driving your culture on that side yeah. a Fergie or a Klopp or whoever if, if, if the if that isn't been driven at the core of your business you're going to have trouble uh, and like different things around your I was only talking this yesterday with, with a HR manager around your, 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 your high performers who are your your, your problems yeah. you know and not not addressing that early and if, if you're you know organisations that allow the high performing inconsiderates with you know roam through their business will have you know they're in every business will have problems down the line you will lose your best people if your culture isn't right because people are because it's so open you yeah. get like you could a developer could walk out their building today and say happy Christmas and they'll have a new job by the 28th yeah. You know, it is that busy in some organisations. I look at Silicon Valley when it first, when, it, when that started years ago, because it was in the state of California, mm. they could do more than elsewhere. If they'd formed some roast in, in, in America that was very, very Republican orientated, they wouldn't have gone with the word, but because they were more liberal, uh, to take in the industry was more open to things. Yeah. And then I look right now, the biggest tech hub in America right now is in Utah. Yeah. I'm thinking, so you're in a moment state, how can you do something where they don't allow you? The the staff on it have soft things drink alcohol. You do things that we do elsewhere, but they said works very well. We've yeah. an open culture about that, and I, and I kind of admire that that they're still kind of semi closed, but they're open as well. Yeah, I don't think that would work here. No, <laughs> no. I, I I was talking to somebody just, but just but it works very well. I said yeah, yeah, but if you go there and somebody wants their coffee and they can't have caffeine, how do they drink for the how do they have their coffee? How do you live? Decaf, um, the, the go decaf. Yeah, no, like there was a good story I heard from a, a West Coast HR people's operation um, director, and she was saying about how they had a video on YouTube, yeah. and it was about the office, and this is us, this is all this. Uh, and the person came in to interview and said to, you know, where's the pool table gone? And she was like, what do you mean? The pool table off YouTube, it was in that corner yeah. where there's desks. And they went, oh, well, we've grown since that video, it's like six, 12 months ago. Oh, Where's the pool table? We got rid of it because we've yeah. expanded. I really like playing pool, so I'm just not going to bother. Yeah. You know, and, and it's as simple as that kind of culture side of things where, you know, you can't be the same. Yeah, you do evolve in your culture. And, yeah. you know, tech businesses are tech businesses, but people do look at how your organization is set up. So businesses in Utah could be attractive to people who really want to excel in their business and not have the bullshit that comes with yeah. everything else in the background. Um, where some people might enjoy the the social element and just couldn't get there. Yeah, you know, and probably the best is all horses for courses, as uh, you know, as as people say. So, it's a being a busy environment, being a full employment. You know, people 
have that choice. Yeah. Jobs for life. Yeah. I changed job after twelve years in a business. You know, it's yeah. twelve years is a big stint within one organization. Um, for anybody, you know, and now even now for the generations coming through, if you can keep people for two to three years, you're doing well. And yeah. if you can keep people for six years and grow them, you know, you're doing extremely well. Yeah. So it's my last job, but I was in it twelve years. And then with the downturn in the in the economy, I I got let go, and it was the best time thing of my life because I got to go and reskill mm. and do something different, and I was so happy with that. So great, I'm out of a job. I don't care. I can find myself and do something different. Yeah. I've yeah, I've I've <coughs> I've people that that wouldn't understand people moving jobs. Yeah. Um, my my in laws are both ex civil servants, and they'd be like, why why would people move jobs? Yeah. You know, and it's it it's that reality where they didn't really understand how there was a an industry of helping people to get jobs yeah and my dad he had his same job for 40 years he took one year off to do something for himself and then they came back to him <clears throat> when he couldn't refuse so after that he was back with him so about roughly about 40 or so years he worked with the same guys yeah and uh, when he retired he retired but i was thinking that's very rare to get someone who works that yeah. long yeah it's you know tenure is brilliant and i'm like i'm not saying everybody yeah. changed their job every no. week you know but it is just not the norm anymore where when I came into the you know I it was seen as you do your time you you stay you learn you grow, yeah. but people are as we said earlier are thirsty for learning and want, you know if an organization isn't giving you the opportunity to learn to grow, their L and D practice isn't there their hypos aren't being looked at, yeah. you know, other organizations are doing it you know what we 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 were with an organization only recently and we're looking at their hypo performances and we're saying, how do you assess them? And they're like, we use, we ask the managers. Yeah. And I was like, but that's, you, what data do you use? And they say, no, we ask the managers. And I'm like, well, the managers can take their favorites. So, you know, use data driven decisions to, to drive your, yeah. your, your L and D platforms. Yeah. And we're talking now about that. And with tools now, if you, unless people feel they're getting a fair whack of the stick, you know, they. It doesn't matter who gets promoted. If you're able to turn around and say, "Well, these sixteen are getting promoted yeah. because their, you know, their ambition, their, you know, what who they are, what their drivers, what their attributes yeah. are, are really what we're looking for." And actually, your ambition or your, you know, your leadership skills need work on. So we're yeah. going to stick you on the six month training program to get your leadership skills to where they need to be. And we're going to do with these 16 people is we're actually going to help. Their leadership is pretty strong, but their empathy might be too yeah. there. So we're going to work on their empathy. And, and you can't complain. No. So we're lo- we love a good moan, especially, you know, the, the, everybody loves a good moan. Yeah. But if you're able to turn around as, a, as an L&D or HR or CEO and say, well, this is the data behind the decisions, they can't moan or can't yeah. complain. Obviously, people will, but you can say, well, this is the training program we're going to set you on. And then we'll reassess you in six and 12 yeah. months. Um, will bring you on a different journey because not everybody's journey is the same like I always find funny when you talk to a team lead and you go how do you become a team lead and they went well I was told on Friday I was a team lead on Monday mm-hmm. you know what training did you get I, you know, none <laughs> I yeah. have to learn it you know and you know do you want to be a team lead or do you want to be a manager no you know I did a survey for Tech Talks actually and 50% of the people that went didn't want to ever be made a team lead they wanted to stay within technology yeah. and grow within that space but they wanted the recognition of being very good at their job. Yeah. So if you're looking at an organization of 50 people, if you take that data, 25 of them only will ever want to be promoted to a, a lead or a manager role. Yeah. 
and of those 25, who of them are actually capable of becoming a lead? Yeah. So, I, 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 years ago, an investor started writing lots of news. After I was asked, I wanted to do interviews. I said, no, I'd rather be in the background. But the moment I did it, it changed my eyes. Yeah, I'm happy doing this. Yeah. And after all doing it, I was doing it and I said to the guys, I'm doing this, but it's the only thing I find a problem is I'm recording an interview and they have to subscribe from the audio and it takes me all day. Can we do it as a podcast? Yeah. He goes, yeah, what do you need? That was it. And if, if I hadn't been offered that opportunity to, to do that, I wouldn't have, have, have done it. And I would be just buying scenes right away and I wouldn't have got yeah. where I am now because people now know me for, for being, going out ten events, interviewing over there, and it's great. But sometimes these guys are going to be pushing to win it because to meet it because they might think they can do it, but the boss sees something in them that they don't. Mm. Yeah, and it's you know there's tools out there. Yeah. To to assess people's potential, to assess their competencies, use them. Yeah. Is is what I would say. Um, as you know, you use the tools available. If you don't have them, look around. There's, yeah. there's companies that can. Um, but. You know, there is enough tech out there to be able to help people do their jobs. Yeah. You know, we'll use Slack or we'll use WhatsApp on yeah. a daily basis. There's still the same tools to be able to help people to assess people to see what their career journeys are. Yeah. You know, and, and in reality, that's what people just want. They want to, they want the chance to be better. Yeah. And at times they don't know themselves how, how good they're yeah. going to be. And, and uh, I'd say, well, look, that's why when you get in a six months tr- trial and, and get them to... Uh, the, the skills to do this after six months you then realize okay we've now done this six months with you and when we realize that it wasn't for you or yeah. you you went for that but we still want you here because we value what you do but we don't think you're going to be a thought leader or something else yeah but we still need you but it's very difficult to say that post yeah i know it is yeah if if, if you were to say to one of your managers actually you're a crap manager or in the nicest yeah. way you're managing we feel that you're not being whatever that's a demotion to them yeah so prior to that why don't you do an assessment around their competencies and see if they can be a leader Yeah. and identify if they have the right attributes to be a leader and if they don't and they have really good competencies to be a architect, yeah. would you not push them down that line and say, this is what the data says, yeah. especially in technology, yeah. this is what the data says, you're going to go down this journey because what we'll do though is we'll work on your leadership, <clears throat> we'll work on your empathy yeah. and over time you will become that leader you want to be yeah. but at the moment... You know, you're you're not ready. Yeah. To me, if that somebody said that to me, I would take that and go, brilliant. Yeah. I'm gonna learn how to be a leader. Yeah. Or if you're that natural leader, which doesn't exist in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> you just you you know you learn it, but if that's your feeling and you know your companies come back and say yes, you are a good leader and yes, you have strong empathy. Brilliant. What do I need to work on? Well, you need to work on X, Y, and Z. At least you're on that journey as yeah. well. I guarantee if you went to somebody and you said them, you're going to be a team leader and promote them, and they didn't want to do that, if you gave them time to grow and in five years' time gave them an opportunity, they would then say, yes, I, I want to be a team leader because I know what I, I've grown on this journey and now, yeah. and now have the, the skills and the balls to be able to do this. Yeah, but the problem there is that person won't wait five years. <coughs> yeah, but, yeah. yeah, you have to be in communication with them. Yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. if you go along the way, you're, yeah, you're encouraged to grow. Yeah. And for example, on day one, and they're told us, and they've then got to realize a scenario where the person you work with as your friend, is now, you know their boss, how do you handle that? That's so if idea. you're over five years getting to that stage where you've, you've trained them and told them, there's going to be a stage in your life when you've got to give out to your best friend or, yeah. or, or do something to them because they haven't done a good job. 
You won't be able to do that now, but in five years' time, when you've got all the skills and training, you'll be able to do that, and you won't feel as guilty about it because yeah. you're only doing your job. Yeah, and that's, you know, the hardest thing to do is have that conversation. Yeah. But the easiest thing to do is to train somebody to have it. Yeah. Um, and, and they when you train them and you build them up, you create that loyalty. You create the the empathy within the business. You're appreciated, all that. Will they all stay? No. You know, there's the great quotes around you. You're trained up to leave and all that. Yeah. But <laughs> say that to everybody. They be like, no, we we try to keep them. Um, but you do like developing your high performers. Developing it doesn't have to be your high performers. Yeah. Like it, it's your also your top table. Is yeah. your top table also the pe- right people? Have you identified them as the right people? If you've done your leadership audit, have you done so yeah, on and I agree, so on? Yeah. And the you know this year's this year's see you know the person that's built the company might be the person to manage it long term. No. And that's also very difficult decisions. And that's something that's you know look at Apple. Yeah. Steve Jobs and he and he had to go and find himself. Yeah. And he came back from that and he learned why he did wrong. He was still could be brash, but he learned from his mistakes and what he done yeah. wrong last time. Yeah. And he go other guys who because the father of uh, a company and founded it. They're post. They're, they're put into a job, yeah. And they're only there because they're they're uh, daddy's boy, or yeah. daddy's girl, not because they're suitable for the job. Yeah, and like, you know, <clears throat> we do a lot of the, the the assessment side of you know, yeah, core to what we do here. Uh, but it's interesting when you when you get into it and when you learn about it. And, you know, I I've done as I said, I did the IMI, I did a, a, a disc profiling there, yeah. I did my own Thomas International, I've done my KF4D here. Yeah. You know, they're all telling very similar stories in different ways. And it's, it's if unless you can ignore it, yeah. <laughs> which is probably the easiest thing to do, or you can use it to adapt. Um, yeah. my, my profile five years ago is completely different to where I am now. Same as mine. Yeah, and it's, it's it, I have the one from five years ago and I have the one from now. And it's funny, you know, the, you're, your work face and your 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 home face probably were very connected. Now they're yeah. a lot different because you can't be as you grow in an organization. You can't be the same happy go lucky fun person that you were when you were there. You you do separate a lot more where you yeah. do have to be a, a leader within an organization. Still be very um, authentic, but also you do have to drive a business forward. So you can't be, you know, ah, it doesn't matter, you didn't do your job. You know, tell me, you, know, you suddenly have to turn around and go, tell me why that wasn't done. Yeah. Uh, and that's, you know, that's something that you do learn over time where you, you can't be the same person to, every, to everybody because if you are, you become robotic and nobody yeah. wants to follow you. Uh, and, and that's probably the, what people want. They want that inspirational leader that they could put their flags and say, this person's going to make me the best person I can be. Yeah. And, and that's probably... When, when I was more involved in day-to-day recruitment, that was probably one of the biggest drivers for business, for people leaving, yeah. was that, you know, I don't feel this organization is going to be what I need for the next two, three years. Yeah. Great company, but it's not where I see myself. Uh, maybe because the company themselves aren't embracing the, the technology should be embracing, or embracing what, what's going on around them. Yeah, and also... <laughs> You know, people might might be told that they're going to be going to a, a cloud-based platform and 18 months down the line, that still hasn't happened. Yeah. You know, broken promises, all that kind of stuff. You know, yeah, trust, trust is hard to, you know, it's, you can break easily, it's hard to get back. Um, we're, we're going to relaunch something, it doesn't happen for another 6, 12 months. Yeah. You know, that type of stuff, especially in tech, because a company down the road is a, is is Azure house. Yeah. And you've been told that you're going to get to Azure, and they're like, "Well, I can just move down the road and get there straight away." Yeah. Uh, and, and and that's really difficult for organisations because they have to pay. They, they have to 
return profit. Yeah. That's what an organization is there for, 99% yeah. of them. And, and if you're going to spend shed load of money on licenses, you're going to eat into your profit. And if you're going to re-platform, you know, scale-up businesses are, are, are there. They're not always done in the right way. Yeah. And when you're re-platforming into a more kind of container environment, you yeah. know, it's, it's expensive, yeah. you know? So, you know, that's the reality of business, but you can move down the road where companies do that already. Yeah, it's like somebody in the company and they're still using Windows 7 and they're willing to pay Microsoft all the extra money to keep license going, when in reality, in the long term, they should be moving to a Windows 10 or, or, yeah. or whatever else. But they're thinking, well, what we've got here right now, it's going to say, we don't, we can't afford to actually do this. But the problem is, in the long term, it'll cost us more money because of the uh, the license fees go up every year yeah. and after so many years they can't guarantee they'll still get that support and then they can't, they can't guarantee that they, uh, everything's going to work out and you stop yeah. and think why am I working here in a business that's not using well it's your classic Nokia story yeah. or your Kodak it's yeah. you know the, the cost of doing nothing Yeah. in reality is you're, if you're not evolving if you're not transforming if you're not doing if, if you're wanting to stay the same somebody else is doing something bigger yeah. and better so yes, it is the cost. It is that, but you know, who here? You know, you know, you look at a digital camera. Yeah. You know, unless it's a nice Nikon XR fifty million, yeah. you don't really see them. No. Every like people take photos on their phone because you can access it straight away. Yeah. Um. You know, and the reality was, less than ten years ago, everybody had a digital camera. Yeah. And once once Apple integrated that iPods are dead because yeah. that's on your phone yeah. you know but then you look at the opposite way of where Spotify rejuvenated the music industry yeah. because people are willing to pay for a platform so you know who missed out on that yeah, it's like years ago uh, the first camera was invented by, by Kodak but no one would know that and, and same when we look at uh, the first pr- proper uh, smartphones were, were Nokia yeah. and uh, Nokia are back but not with the ones were and, and Kodak are more or less really I think they've gone there and also the first camera phone was built by Sharp but where are they now they're not in that space yeah. and you get companies who actually who, who haven't actually adopted and, and changed and someone like IBM they've always managed to adapt and change and they realised a few years ago that we can no longer be in a hardware space we, we have to do something else yeah. and became consultants and they said we're going to get out of that and we're going to um, and I admire what they did they went and changed and they go out of companies like HP mm who've always been innovative and are still in that, they've always done that and they're still doing that to this day. And Apple, same thing. Yeah. Always been innovative to this day. And, and think about it, in the past 40 years, everything that you've done that's been in tech is all because of what Steve Jobs had an idea of for doing. <laughs> and even though you might not like the guy like Apple, everything we do now is because Apple designed, the, they interfaced the first GUI. Now they didn't invent it, yeah. but they made it to what it is today. Then when they started, we're gonna get rid of um, Big pockets, how small floppy disks. Yeah. Then it's like we're going to have fit that you USB sticks. Yeah. Get rid of floppy. Then we're going to get rid of silly drives because you don't need them anymore because you can download from the net. Yeah. All these things. And then we're going to bring fonts. Fonts was a important thing I think for the past forty years. And Steve Jobs wanted that incorporated in in yeah. his uh, OS. Yeah, we'll do fonts. And then with smartphone. Oh yeah, it hasn't been done before. We'll do that. Then iTunes came along and got rid of Napster and everything else. Yeah. And that's now we're now uh, Spotify came in and, and took it a different way, but. Everything is boiled down to that they've always been innovative. And if you get somebody who's always doing that, mm. like Kodak worked for a while, but then they stopped. And Nokia worked for a while, then they stopped. Yeah. And Nokia couldn't cope because they weren't used to that. And they, and also Motorola, the guy invented the mobile phone. 
They're not what they once were. Yeah. I, like, I posted up on LinkedIn there, I was reading about Revolution N24 <clears throat> and those talking about yeah. their, their, their users in Ireland. And my comment there was, at the moment, I use my Revolut to pay for coffees, yeah. basically, and I trans- so I don't have to pay transaction fees. Yeah. But the frictionless process of what, we're, what I was talking about was the frictionless process of setting up that yeah. compared to trying to set up a bank account. Yeah. Like, that's what I set, you could set up, once you can set it up on the go, yeah. you know, in essence, you'll do most things. Yeah. If something, you know, Chrome is great because it saves all your details and you press G and Gavin and it fills all the fills, yeah. everything. You know, now I nearly get annoyed when I have to put in my PIN number because I'm getting used to playing with, with my phone. Yeah. You know, adoption, once it's frictionless, is really easy. Yeah. Adoption, when it, there's a friction to it or there's a problem to it. Like, how many times have you dropped a basket because it didn't remember who you were? Yeah. You know, oh, I have to put in my whole detail again. What's my air code? You know, like, oh, it saved it. Great. I move on. Prime, there's a great, great thing around Prime is that if you sign up to Prime... Um, your your shopping goes up by about fifty percent. Yeah. Because that's why they offer it so cheap to get yeah. you in the freemium type model, you know. But there's a load of data around Amazon. Is the Prime users shoot up on their buying platforms because they get it next day in the states. It's the that hour. Yeah. You know. So once it's frictionless, people adopt to it really quickly. Um, but when you have a friction process, yeah. I'll talk around when people are applying to jobs. When you have to attach a CV. Yeah. Who who attaches a CV? You know, link it to your LinkedIn account. Yeah. You know, everything or, you know, whatever. Like, unless you have a CV on your desktop or on your Google Drive or wherever, Cloud Drive, that's, you know, if you're on a phone, like, yeah. if, if you imagine people coming home grumpy from a day's work, their manager was, a you know, annoyance to them and they're sitting on the bus and they see something. If you can press in three times yeah. and you've applied or you've changed bank or you've done whatever, people will do that. Yeah, years ago I applied for for a job, so I was gonna let go. I had my LinkedIn profile linked into my into my CV, mm. and I printed it off and gave it to somebody and said to me, "Why is that there?" I said, "Well, normally when I send someone CV, I don't print it. I send it via via email. Yeah. On email, you can click the link to my LinkedIn profile, and that's where it should, because it tells you more about me." Yeah. And they're going, "Well, why?" Well, I said, "In reality, CV shouldn't be hand printed. It should be emailed, yeah. and you can view then and you can see what I'm doing because I give you that now. You not, you can't click on that link." I'm not, you're not going to go coding the link on that, but I went for a paper job once, and somebody said to me, "Oh yeah, I sent this, the uh, email in to so and so. Oh, can you give me a copy of the email?" And I goes, "Well, actually no, because I gave it to one of your colleagues, or they've got it. If you contact them, they'll give you the email." And also, because it's linked into my LinkedIn profile, yeah. I, I'm not going to go and re- redesign my CV for that just because it, yeah. you're going to look at that and think that it's okay that link is there, but it's there for a reason. Yeah, it's like it's yeah. 100% like you go to a meeting now you haven't if you, if you haven't googled who you're meeting you're probably the only person who hasn't yeah you know in reality and you probably go to LinkedIn for that they've done a great job in cornering that market like there was other platforms that tried to come into it but, yeah you know they were the first there so first 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 in best dress type thing but you know that's an adoption that people found really easy because it's you know it's a simple enough process yeah. and you can add to your profile um Will it be always around? Who knows? You know, is it the Facebook side of work? You know, is it coming too close to Facebook? Is it less work focused? Um, and so on. You know, it, it, there's platforms will re-platform and people yeah, will but move. Microsoft owned them. So the, and in that sense, that to me means they'll be around for a long term. Yeah. And it put, you know. I know you. I know what you mean. Though. What is the next version of that? Yeah. You know, I've been involved in finding people jobs for, what, 12, 13 years. And there's been 
every which way around trying to get away from an agency or a consultancy to find these people and that's it's probably 40 years as a business you know and there's still to this day meeting people face to face is still the yeah. best way of getting to know somebody yeah I have friends who hate LinkedIn and won't, won't have profile there and I say to them every time I've got work it's through LinkedIn someone's contacted me and then they go I did it works I said, when, when you set up accounts don't go for premium it's not worth the money you just get a basic account and it works fine yeah. if you're somebody in the business who can afford premium fine but you don't need to says, and I've got over the past so many years every job that I've done I've got a professor to be LinkedIn saying, want this, want that, can you do it first? And I'm lucky to have that. Because that's what it is. And it's, I don't know from Adam, but they know me and they know my contacts. Yeah, and you're able to, I always like looking at people's posts and yeah. seeing what they've been doing. And, you know, it gives a, it does give a bit of a personality around the person um, in a very much a cold face of this is who I am. Yeah. You know, get get rid of the, 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 the noise and actually see what they're into, what they've liked, if they've posted, you know, what, they, what they're into. You know, um, and also who, who they follow. Yeah. If they follow somebody that you really respect and admire, you're going, this person I like. Yeah, like, the, the, only, the only flip side of that is the, the people we talked about earlier, the, yeah. the newcomers to the environment don't understand that that footprint is there. Yeah. You know, their, their Instagram posts or whatever for when they were 18. Yeah. I was looking at, there was somebody on the entertainment news that posted something when they were 18 and it came back to bite them. Yeah. You know, that, it's their footprint. People have to be. I have. I. I've. I've been bitten once or twice. But you know, you. You do have to remember that is always your footprint. I haven't. I've been lucky enough and never been bitten. And uh, I'm, guess because I got on social media when I was older. It wasn't there when I was eighteen. Yeah. I wasn't there when you. Well, when it you wasn't <laughs> Yeah. Or also, you know, in the scenario where, you, where you're there and you're middle of the night and you're drunk and you're hyping away. That's yeah. what, It's the one thing you don't want to do because I see people do that and then they they the excuse I was hacked. Or I had a really much drink. He says, no, you weren't hacked. Yeah. You know what you were doing and you did it. No, honest, d- if, if you honestly told me you made a mistake and I, yeah, I was drunk and this, that, I'd respect you more so than someone says I got hacked. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, there's lots of that coming through and a good friend of mine runs um, Zeminar. I don't know if you've ever heard of Zeminar. The yeah. Generation Z. So Damien Clark is, is, is a good friend of mine. And, and he, he talks a lot about the about that, that generation coming through and they're awareness of what online is um, and, and that's one of I think he did this thesis on him in, in, in college around when he was getting his doctorate and, and he talked around you know the, the social anxiety of social media yeah. for, for these kids coming through and they don't really understand the full data implications yeah. of yeah, what I they're doing I think when you're in school you should be taught how to handle social media and what it does to you 100% yeah and when you're, when you're that age and, and you're, you're told okay You've got certain views you have now, and I guarantee you, in 20 years' time, those views won't be there anymore, but they'll come back to bite you. Or you have a s- scenario where you, you have kids saying, saying, saying to pictures, yeah. should be sharing. You've got to teach them at a certain level uh, what the show should be doing and, and how to handle it, and they're not been told that. So you've got a kid who's not been told, next thing they're getting bullied because of things, and, and, and you should be taught how, how to handle it and what, what not to do. Yeah, 100%. And with two young kids... Very, yeah. not, I'm not, we'll obviously educate them, but you know, you can't ignore it, which yeah. is probably the worst thing. But like, take it away from that, back into more work days, um, it happens with adults getting yeah. bullied. Oh, I do agree, yeah, it does. And you got to basically, if somebody is in, in, in a work WhatsApp group or Slack group, you're yeah. going to have, you're going to find one person, their ideas aren't valued, and so everyone else agrees with some guys. Just this is what we should be doing, and the person whose idea was is 
pretty good. They're getting told not a yard is well, crap. And then the subgroups of subgroups yeah. and subgroups that like, you know, the stealth groups in the backgrounds, you know. Yeah, and then they end up leaving that, that job because of that happened. Then when they're going somewhere else and somebody wonders why, and then you get there's a times I've seen people who have left jobs and when they go to get a reference, the reason why I left is because a certain person yeah. was doing something. And that person is now giving reference to them. Yeah. No, don't hire them because I don't, of it. Yeah, me and references, I've always been a... Yeah. You're, you're hiring the person and what they are. Yeah, yeah. You could do a reference one or two, but if you're leaving a job, unless you leave them really great um, terms, terms yeah. you're going to get a, a mediocre reference. Yeah. You know, you're hiring the person because you've met them and you like them and you think they can do the job for you. Yes, you'll have to do references because that's who we are. Yeah. You know, but maybe reach out, speak on the LinkedIn, ask three people on LinkedIn what they think of the person. Yeah. You know, and at times I'd always ask somebody who didn't who didn't work with them directly because that's where you, you yeah. get another little person. Because yeah. the moments we're based is some bias in that. Yeah, like we all leave our scars behind. You know, yeah. everybody who worked for me doesn't like me. Yeah. Everybody I worked, you know, I've worked with over time. You know, do I like everybody? I think I do, but yeah. do I? You know that type of. Yeah. You know, and you know, it, not everybody will like you. So you can't, <laughs> there will be people that will annoy over time. Yeah. You know, and, and that's unfortunately who we are as people. So, you know, you, you interview somebody and you think they can do the job. Yes, you'll have to do some sort of character reference, but you, you, you don't really know who they are till they get in the door. And after yeah. a few weeks with you, you go, okay, well, this person is the superstar. This person isn't. Yeah. Or this person needs to be worked on. You know, you, you hire the person, you don't hire the, the, the their, their previous. And time you've got to mold them into who, they, who they're going to be. Yeah, that's a, that's a leader's job. Yeah. You know, you're, you, it, it's your organisational's job to bring them into the best the best they can be because that's what they're joining for. Yeah. And if you if your organisation can't do that, they'll go somewhere they can. Yeah, well, if you're known for a company that most people to make them better persons, that's going to be good for you in the long term. Yeah, and that comes back to the employee. Yeah. Um, engagement that comes back to their relationship with you and, and also the employer's branding which is a massive yeah massive industry on its own uh, thanks so much for Gavin and yeah bro thanks, thanks. man thanks